The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts... John and Steven. Thank you, it's Captain Ed Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as mostly always, is the CEO of Geeks in Chicago, Elliot Serrano. Wow, I got a new title. That's great. Thank you. I thought that was a title. I think I got somebody else's title wrong. We'll just keep heaping titles on you. <laughs> but this is the first time uh, we have had a podcast since we were on uh, Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez, uh, which was a really fun experience, and you can hear that on the SoundCloud, which is attached to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash caffeinated comics. You want to hear this, but two hours and a lot of interruptions for traffic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, traffic. Yeah, you know, that, that was a, you want to hear me reading traffic? And for those of you who said, ah, oh, those people who read traffic on the radio have a cush job. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's harder than it looks. I thought you were going to say, for those people who thought Elliot could do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then you then it got well, yeah. There we go, dude. Well, it's almost like reading periodic tables. Almost a a periodic table that constantly shifts on you and updates as you're reading it, and you're like, all of a sudden, something that you're reading disappears because it's been taken over by a new periodic table, and you're like, what? Yeah, it was. It brought back so many memories for me of terrestrial radio number one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but. uh, being from New York, I'm like, when is he going to mention the Throg's Neck? <laughs> Where's the Williamsburg? Come on, the Tap and Z, the Tap and Z. Really? Well, for us, it's, yeah, no. For for us here in Chicago, it's the old post office, and um, and all the bottleneck. Well, it's gone now. They got rid of it uh, in the in the Jane Byrne Exchange, as they called. Plus, they used to have the it was um it was called the S curve on northbound Lakeshore Drive. That's gone too. So. It's still there, of, though. They just don't talk about it? Well, it's not as pronounced as it was before because there would be so many accidents on that thing. Uh, so they yeah, they no. kind of straightened it out a little bit. They, like, they've unkinked the hose just a tad. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, well, I know everyone uh, downloads this podcast just to listen to local traffic. <laughs> 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 so we have a ride, range of topics on this podcast. Uh, traffic and weather has not been one of those. But, yeah. but that was a really fun experience. It was uh it's not the first time I've done it, but every time I go into a radio studio, it's a bucket list where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing the thing that I thought would be cool to do. And it is really cool. It is, and I appreciate that uh you were there with me because that was my first time hosting um afternoon or e- primetime drive, evening drive um alone. Uh I'd done I'd done it with Patty in the past, but this was the first time she said, hey, can you just take over the show? Mind you, I can do an hour of me talking into the void. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if I could do two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was fun because uh, uh, for folks, if you haven't listened to it, again, it's on the on the Caffeinated Comics page. The uh, The folks that were calling in were, were you know, pretty uh, responsive. I know when we make the callers laugh, we're hitting something. That's true. We did get some good laughs, and I, I put that in my stand-up 
trunk of like ah, a person laughed at that <laughs> yeah. it's, so it's another story that 10 years from now i i can i can tell that story again not get a laugh and then finish it with a lot of people laughed at that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like oh thank god people are laughing <clears throat> yeah and that yeah it's been good 10 15 years but i can recite my stand-up to people and then tell them what the audience reaction was while not getting that reaction right then nah <laughs> he's although my stand-up career was full of a lot of ah that was a common reaction yeah, my, to jokes my, I would write. Yeah, my stand-up was like that, too, because it was always, I was like very observational type humor. The the Seinfeld-type stuff, mm-hmm. though not as developed as Seinfeld's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and mind you, I'd still, I have still to develop a solid, you know, eight, ten-minute set. I'm, I'm constantly, you know, faffing about with it, and I just don't do open mics anymore, so I gave up on that. So that's why I have you to bring the funny. It's a lifestyle you have to not live anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, just that feeling we used to uh, used to go to the New York Comedy Club every Monday at 5 o'clock. And that's where I met a lot of friends, um, people that have been on the show uh, and people that are doing really well. I met at that open mic, but it was literally like it was like the afternoon in a club is like when a club. It's like visiting a vampire in his coffin. <laughs> like nothing's come to life. And there was a crack in the wall. They probably fixed it by now. But there was a crack in the wall where you could see daylight. So you were watching people bomb and you could see sunlight coming behind them. And you knew there was a better world somewhere, but you were unwilling to go there. Uh, it's like the it's like the crack in the wall of Doctor Who. You know, the, the, the break in the skin of yeah. reality. Yes. <clears throat> Except the, all of reality was people starting stand-up <laughs> and you can now see them on facebook just click on one person's reel one person's stand-up reel on facebook facebook's gonna throw everybody's stand-up reel at you uh and it's amazing how there are so many stand-up comedians out there now yeah uh, well well i would say there's probably been a lot since the 80s i know in the bust in the 90s there were less outlets and there was less success, but I feel like there were still people doing it. I mean, if you want to see my stand-up reel, you could see when my beard is really brown. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> the biggest thing. But uh, but it's nice to that's one of the reasons I like doing this podcast. And and again, it was fun to be on the radio to kind of exercise that. You know, I, I definitely got the feeling that if we were a morning DJ, I'd have to have the, the goofy nickname. <laughs> what would it be? Be like <laughs> Elliot and the Drip. <laughs> uh, i don't know we'll have to work on that <laughs> yeah and i i have to have the library of sound files Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah the pink noises and the yeah, old and maybe seinfeld the, bits and seinfeld bits the drip would be like a, a the drip of a of a water faucet bloop, yeah bloop, that bloop. would be my catchphrase i would go, go bloop bloop <laughs> You're like Elliot in the drip car. Bloop, bloop. Okay, we'll 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 workshop that. <laughs> <laughs> All my sound files would just be black adder and no one would no one would get it. No. <laughs> so uh speaking of things that are have come and gone and come again, um, I was thinking we are about to uh release a new podcast, Top Men, all about Indiana Jones. I'm very excited because uh you are the only person I've ever met that can talk about Indiana Jones for as long as I have. Um, I had a bit in 2007 in my stand-up about how old Harrison Ford was to do Indiana Jones again. Yeah. Uh, always worked. That was 16 years ago. That gre- that joke will always be evergreen. 
Tell yeah, me. it's like it's like Rolling Stones jokes. <laughs> yep, yep. They'll always be old, and they're mm-hmm. not going away. But Indiana Jones, uh, we are going to get the fifth film, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and we are going to do a podcast to build up to that, uh, going through each one of the films. And we'll have plenty of time for that. It will be part of the audio feed of the Caffeinated Comics podcast, so that's not what I'm going to get into. But what I was thinking uh, last night instead of sleeping uh, <laughs> and um, waiting for Ambien to kick in, so I don't know how much of uh, this was Ambien's and how much was mine. It was, it was a team effort. The brainstorm last night, um, <laughs> but I was thinking about uh, you are you have g- recently gotten the the idol from uh, Raise the Lost Ark. Um, we both have hats, <laughs> we both have jackets, and I started thinking about Indiana Jones merchandise. And this is Indiana Jones is something that is so central, at least to our generation, and certainly is film history, at least that first film. But it. It's almost like the merchandise are artifacts that you have to go on an expedition to find because they're few, they're far between, and they're a very interesting history. I always tell my friends, because whenever Christmas and my birthday roll around, people are always finding the latest Star Wars merchandising for me. It's always Star Wars. Uh, Because for the longest time, people have known me as a big Star Wars fan. Uh, as of late, though, that's shifting. I have more and more people thinking about me and as you know, big Indiana Jones fan. To which I will say, look, if you want to find something for me, <clears throat> like as a gift, um, you have a better chance of finding me something unique from the Indiana Jones line of of stuff than Star Wars, because indie stuff is harder to find. Well, of course, wasn't as produced as as in. in in great numbers as star Wars was. And as you said, yes, there are different things around that are like, you're not going to see that in anything. I think the only other um, fandom that has as eclectic a collection of stuff is the James Bond. Um, Cause when you look at James Bond uh, collectibles and memorabilia and all, and heck even, toys and games it always skewed older and right. it's and it's it skewed more expensive that's for sure no that's part of being older i yeah and part of that was because a lot of the james bond mythos is sex so you can't really sell it to nine-year-olds they tried with the james bond jr animated show yes which was uh i mm-hmm. I, I finally saw the to- the the toy galaxy episode on james bond mm-hmm. jr what what was surrounding that and the attempt that they were making, yes, to, to get James Bond um, appealing to a younger audience, very much like um, Star Trek is doing now with a show like Prodigy yeah, or Star Wars did with Clone Wars and and uh, Rebels and Bad Batch. The, the, the whole thing, though, as you said, Bond does skew excuse adult because of the sex and the and the violence and all those things i'm guessing if you could kind of pull out the sex aspect you could you know parents don't mind selling uh uh guns and 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 weapons of mass destruction for their kids it's it's the anything having to do with with sex Uh -uh, no that's bad it's an american thing if you pulled out the sex of james bond you'd have indiana jones pretty much yeah I mean, and it's that the whole thing too with the sex of Indiana Jones, and we will talk about that in uh, 
in the in the top men podcast is that that was played with a little more later on like in last crusade and even then like george lucas did not care for it you know yeah he, it, the sex he, in indiana jones is, is like the sex uh, an 11 an year old comes up with like yeah yeah, it, yeah. it's it it's that sex where like you kind of like girls and you don't know why. And it's like, <laughs> that's Cindy. Like every now and then he kisses them and then they cut away. Yep. But he, yep. he um, yeah, he does. I mean, he, he, there's a girl in every one of those movies. I'm, I'm trying to think if he gets laid in every movie. Uh, I don't think he does in Temple of Doom because they get into, they get interrupted. But Temple of Doom is like the, is like the horniest of the four. It is the horniest. Like, yes. Uh, I would say. With no completion. Right. Well, no, the Raiders, no. It, they, they play with the idea, but it doesn't happen. Well, so. Raiders, there's a lot of heat between them, but uh, I, I I think we're believe, meant to believe it happens on the boat when she's But he falls asleep on wounds. her again. Well, again, we'll talk about it on the podcast. That's the next day. <laughs> yeah. But still, um, the whole thing with the merchandising is, like, even looking at the uh, James Bond 60th anniversary, which is this year, you want to find anything James Bond? It's high end stuff. It's clothing items. It's uh, 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 barware. Uh, it, you know, they, yeah, they the came thing- out. They came out with a game. They came out with the Spectre game, which um, retailed for like sixty bucks at Target. And that's that's kind of for a, a James Bond game. And I, I ended up getting it for my uh, Shaking Not Heard uh, co-host uh, Dave Pinto. For Christmas, and I gave it to him. He goes, "Oh, thank you." He, he, he was happy to get it, but he was like, "Okay, now I got to learn how to play it." <laughs> and you look at the game; it's like really complicated. Is, like, is it a board game or a video? It's game? a board game. Oh, yeah. yeah, board games, board games lose me. Yeah, right, See? right away. My my dad, my dad is a big board gamer, and he would redo the book before you started to play. Yeah, there was. I was watching a mystery science theater uh, the other day. It was one of the new episodes on the the app, which, by the way, are great. Um, I got a Black Friday deal and it's absolutely worth it. But there was a bit where they were playing Lawyers of Catan. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just these big legal books they had to read and everybody was falling asleep. I'm like, that's like playing every game with my dad. That's why I don't play board games anymore. And, and, <clears throat> and so when you talk to when you talk to kids about Bond, well, what's the first thing they say? Goldeneye. Goldeneye, the video game. Yeah, the, the people love that video game. Yeah. So you're you're that's a lot of for a lot of uh, the young quote unquote younger Bond fans, um, that was their entry point into James Bond. Yeah, we've never With- had a, a real line of action figures from James Bond, and and you can say, oh well, it's too old. But I mean, Nika's been making Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers yep. and Pinhead yep. for years upon years. All we've gotten, uh, Sideshow did a line of twelve inch figures, and now Big Chief, who is basically the British Hot Toys, they do a lot of the high end Doctor Who. They're doing stuff, and um, again, the the high end twelve inch stuff. You're not going to get a deep bench of character selection. I think nobody's even made a Daniel Craig, and he he'd been Bond for fifteen years. Yeah, and uh, you could see <clears throat> again if you really wanted to market it. Uh, I mean, you've got a great cast of characters that you can make into action figures, and make whole sets, make cars, play sets, and the like. But again, it 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 doesn't doesn't click it doesn't click with the uh, younger audiences uh, yeah it's, and so indiana jones as we've just mentioned skews a little younger than that so i think there have been more swings 
at making uh, toys and kids stuff, but it never lasts. It's always this this flash. Uh, I think a lot about the original Kenner line. Now, we, um, when you were a kid, did you have the original Kenner three and three quarter indie figures? No, no, I, I never got. <clears throat> Again, I barely had any of the Star Wars figures as a kid. Now, see, I had around that time. I had a lot of Empire Strikes Back. So I did get when the Indiana Jones figures came out, we couldn't believe it. First of all, it was a year later. It was like 1982 yeah. because yeah. they didn't think this thing was something to be merchandised. This original movie, they thought, okay, maybe it'll do fine in the movies, but we're not going to throw our, our marketing weight behind it. And they were kind of caught flat footed because it kept, it kept going and going and going. And I didn't see it for a year. I actually saw the Raiders greatest stunts on PBS before I saw the movie. Nah. Cause I, I was begging my parents and begging my parents and for one reason or another, um, I don't know. They were selfish boomers. I don't know. They were. Uh, they didn't think I would like the entire film, but uh, I wore them down over a year and finally saw it. And then, and there still weren't figures to the point where my cousin Walker and I, um, Walker's been on the show several times. We wrote a letter to Kenner saying, "You need to make Indiana Jones figures. Here's all the figures you need to make." And then at the end of the letter, they, we said, "And you need to send us all of them." <laughs> Because uh, we were like nine and eleven, and then uh, and then when they came out, I was a, I I was a little disillusioned. <laughs> I was like, well, "Where where's my shipment? They Where, where's they, my they... like like Kenner never thought to make it? <laughs> so like, well, they went, well, these two kids in Rockaway Beach want it. What a good idea! <laughs> never occurred to us. It's funny because you watch shows like um, the Toys That Made Us. Yeah, it was like the same thing with Star Wars. It was hit and miss for them. First, they weren't sure if it would work or not, if it was going to take off or not. When you consider how much the licensing the company had to pay Lucasfilm early on in the very beginning when they made the first Star Wars figures, you know, even I, all of this is said about Lucas saying, oh, he does this for the toys. He does this for the toys. I don't, early on, it didn't seem like they were doing it for the toys because he was pretty much giving away the license. Yeah, well, Kenner took it because everybody else said no. Yeah, Miko told them we have Planet of the Apes. We don't need any more sci-fi. And Kenner was just um, basically like a merchandising arm of General Mills. Like yes. I believe they were founded to like make make the the free toys in the box. Yes, yes. And and so you have that going on. And Mark, uh, to these to this day, <clears throat> even with all the data and analytics and all that, we can we have. Still, people still can't figure out what's going to sell. You know what? What? How you can market what and what's going to reach audiences and what's going to click. Uh, so back then it was just it was just a shot in the dark. You know, you think, oh, okay, well, we think my kids really like this, so we'll give it a shot. Yeah, and they had basically they cannibalized a failed line where they did a, a Butch and Sundance the early years, which was mm -hmm. a show on ABC that didn't go anywhere. But they had these cowboy figures that had angled t-hips so they could sit on a horse and they had sculpted some horses and literally they started with that guy's got a hat and he rides a horse for 90 seconds <laughs> we can sell that but it, it was a really modest line there were i think there were four figures initially and then uh there was only one playset, which was a, a fairly small playset even for those days and uh, a one major vehicle and a lot of just accessory packs and then by that second wave, it was gone. Uh, it did not last until the next movie, the way Star Wars did. And in fact, when um, I had all of them, and uh, to show how rare they were, uh, as I said, I lived on the beach 
So many days, I took all my figures to the desert, and a lot of them didn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> so I lost Marion at one point, and I lost Indy a little later. Never, ever found them again. Because they just, they weren't on shelves anymore. Well, now they're, f- now 100 years from now, an archaeological expedition will find him at that beach. Yeah, and- but it won't be mint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they will kill for it. <laughs> <laughs> becomes, I buried it in the dirt, it becomes priceless. Priceless. Men will murder for it. I, or kill for it, yeah. Men like you and me. The, oh, I remember the first time I saw that movie when he says this, he goes, this watch it's worthless. $10 on the street. I was like nine. I was like, I want $10. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, and then I realized it was 10, $10 in the thirties. I was like, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, the line three and three quarter uh, made to go along with star Wars just kind of came and went. And as much longevity as the film had the figure line, it wasn't really uh, a disappointment in, in terms when you think of, how many lines like Tron had come and gone, you know, you got, they got one line of figures and they were out, you know, there were a lot of lines. And this is also before the eighties, before the days where toy lines were just created by themselves, you know, before He-Man and G.I. Joe, where the, there was this deluge of, you know, Kristar and Sectors and, and then uh, you go right off the deep end. If you even mentioned the transforming robot craze of the eighties, but they were still licensing, but, but again, it was like, we'll do it once we'll leave. And in, to the point where when Temple of Doom came out, it was a different company, LJN. It was a different scale. And I never saw them in stores once. And I was 12. I was prime uh, action figure buying age. 1984 was, the, was the, the era of Secret Wars. And I had every one of those figures. And I saved up my money for chores and went down to the local toy store, Rogoff's by the train and would save up my money for that. G.I. Joe was really taking off. So I was in toy stores, at least local toy stores every week, never saw Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom figures. I remember seeing it. I, wa- I can't remember where, was it a Toys R Us or a Sears? I forget which store. I remember seeing it on the peg, pulling it off, looking at it going, this looks nothing like him. <laughs> Because they went the sculpt, uh, the sculpt was more like very muscular, and the proportions were off. It was really closer to like you were saying those um, wrestling figures yeah. that they had. And I was like, this guy is totally incompatible with any of my other figures. Like I can't have him, you know, teaming up with Luke Skywalker or doing a having, you know, the big part of the the, the toy line. What was it? across the board that you could have all your figures interacting with each other because they were all the same size. Yeah. And I think that comes from, that comes from Mego because in the Mego days, they were really the only company doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Hasbro had GI Joe, but they had as a 12 inch line, they kind of let it lapse by the mid seventies. And uh, um, Mego was the one doing eight inch, but they got the license for everybody. So it was one of the only times they had Marvel and DC and, Happy Days and Starsky and Hutch and and uh, Planet of the Apes. So that kind of put it in your brain. All these can all go together. And then when Star Wars went three and three quarter, um, which everybody says was uh, to make them fit in the vehicles and because of the oil crisis. But honestly, uh, Fisher Price have been doing adventure people in that exact same scale. 
and their and prototypes have come out of like a repainted adventure people to look like Han Solo for the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that was such a hit, everything went three and three quarter, including G.I. Joe, which was a 12 inch line that had uh fallen into ob- obscurity. And they were like, well, we'll bring them back and we'll make them look like Star Wars. And everybody did that. So with I think He Man started to push it because those figures were a little bigger. But then LJN is a company that does not exist now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were like, ah, I, I guess he's like He Man. And the world said, no, he isn't. <laughs> yep, exactly. Which is why I put that baby back as to this day, I'm like, wow, man, uh, I what I would give to go back to that day <laughs> and and just say, ah, oh, screw it. I'm ta- I'm buying it. <laughs> yeah, well, you it, they're hard to find even on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'm I'm looking at eBay now, and oh yeah, Indiana Jones now on eBay on card goes for around eight hundred dollars. Yeah, I don't even need him on the card. I'll take him loose. Take him uh, loose. loose with the thuggy and Molaram, fifteen hundred dollars. Jeez. Because nobody wanted it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and nobody wanted it to the point where the Last Crusade, they did nothing. Not nothing. And you can say, uh, I, I think because it failed twice, nobody even bothered. And in 89, I mean, Kenner wasn't pre- producing Star Wars anymore. So they didn't yeah. they didn't have a reason to keep Lucas happy. They had shut Star Wars down by 86. Um, and, I was, and as I was saying, all the toys at that point were being driven by themselves. It was G.I. Joe. It was still He-Man. Um, He-Man had really shot itself in the foot with the movie, but it was still kind of lingering on. They were, they were still all of these licenses coming, and we were um, we were still far away from Toy Biz doing Marvel. Toy Biz was doing Batman. And as crazy as they went for Batman, I remember thinking, wow, this isn't a lot of stuff. Because it was like three figures, a Batcave, a car and a plane and that was for the biggest movie available for last crusade nobody even bothered i mean we should also acknowledge though at that point when you had gi joe you had masters of the universe all these other toy lines that they were producing so much this is at this is at the time in american history where now companies can produce cartoons that are essentially advertising for the toys so right. the companies know that they're Reagan have, relaxed the, the FCC rules. Right. So they can be confident that every Saturday there's going to be pretty much a half hour commercial for these toys. Boom, boom, boom. So they'll keep producing them, keep producing them. And, and, and it worked. Meanwhile, with the movie, boom, you get one shot for as long as that movie stays in theaters. That's how long you're going to have any sort of interest in that particular line. So, and as you said, Indie then also was a very specific audience. And if you don't have like a lot of Star Wars action figures and the like out there, um, you're not going to see so much. And let's be let's be honest. We all know Indiana Jones is a redheaded stepchild of of the Lucasfilm family, even though he now has a statue in front of the Lucasfilm studio, you know, the Lucasfilm offices in California, right there next to Yoda. You know, just doesn't get the same kind of attention uh, near the same. Yeah, kind of it, it's the Laverne and Shirley to Star Wars Happy Days. Pretty much. To date it even more as a Gen X reference. <laughs> nobody. It's it's the Futurama <laughs> to, to Star Wars as Simpsons. So, so yeah. Uh, 
Uh, and then uh, one last thought about Last Crusade, and when we talk about how the movies skewed, that one skewed the most out of uh, the most adult out of all the indie films. There are so many jokes in that movie that you have to be a certain age to get them. Yeah. And let's be honest, if if um if it's not Sean Connery playing Indy's dad, the movie doesn't work. No, Just, and and that's the draw. The draw is a James Bond for, who hadn't been James Bond for 20 years at that point. Right. So you're right, it's not skewing younger. He was James Bond while Timothy Dalton was making his second movie. Mm-hmm. Um he was Indy's dad. And famously turned down Star Trek V to do Last Crusade. So uh Sean Connery, smarter man than you'd imagine. <laughs> Would have been cool though. And he wasn't even in that role, the, the bit in Star Trek Five. He, he could have knocked that out in a week. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't know. I it, it, those days overlapped. It was not worth. Yeah. Also, I think Sean Connery's like, do I want to be directed by Spielberg or Shatner? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because <laughs> it, it wouldn't have made that movie good. So, I, so when you when you sit back and you look, I mean, you, you talk about the indie. Uh, merchandising even back then man the, if there's one thing i wish i had it's that truck the the desert chase truck oh i had the original yeah and now i i have um and it's a good segue into the 2008 line um which was the first i think really intelligent approach to it they made that truck again and i have that truck now i didn't get that one either i could actually that one i couldn't find i could mm. only find the um the Russian uh, giant weed whacker. Oh I yeah, that yeah, which was in one like one shot, one shot in the movie. And I was like, I don't want that. I want the desert chase truck. That's the one I want. I could never find it. Yeah, the one thing I kept from when I was a kid was the Well of the Souls playset. I lost piece after piece after piece after piece to it got to the point where I only had the floor and the breakaway wall. Everything was gone. And so before Crystal Skull, probably two thousand six. Uh, I just went on eBay and bought piece by piece by piece. And, you know, the, this one was $2. This one was $3. And then, um, again, which leads us to the 2008 line when Crystal Skull was coming out. Uh, this was the first time where they started to look at collectors and started to look at the franchise as a whole. It wasn't about Crystal Skull, which fortunately, because Crystal Skull is not one of the strongest, but they started to th- look at how their Star Wars toys were selling. And they were like, okay, we'll put out a wave from every movie. And that line is pretty good, but you have to like three and three quarter. I have everything. I, uh, I, uh, my oldest son was a baby and I was a two mile walk from Toys R Us. And by God, we took a lot of walks. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I was a stay at home dad and I had that time. So uh, I had everything. I still have the Akator playset. Which uh, was the Mustafar playset, which was the mask gas station playset. Apparently, like Kenner's been using this one mountain every time they run out of ideas. <laughs> so, uh, but they did a lot of figures. They did do the car. They did not do the Well of Souls, but they did do a new arc. So, my original set has a new arc in it, hmm. and they did way more figures. But again, got about six months out of them. And it was, we got maybe 30 figures rather than 16, but we, we got 30 figures for four movies instead of 16 for one. But by the time that, that DVD was out, those figures once again, gone. I mean, I had the hell, I had a hell of a time finding a lot of those figures too. I mean, I think the, 
the collectors that were more on top of it than me were hitting, you know, the target and the stores quicker than I could get there. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. Cause I, I wanted that short round figure in the worst way. Couldn't find it. The temple of doom, uh, temple of doom wave was very hard to find. It was the last wave because it was already, they were already like, I don't know. They were like, well, temple of doom's done. And then there was a second Raiders wave became a San Diego exclusive. Mm -hmm. It like they didn't even release it, and that had um Marion in the Well of Souls dress, and it had uh Satipo and the German mechanic, and um it had a better indie. That was another problem, was that the figures did not turn out like the prototypes, and there were a lot of weird, funky, droopy-eyed faces in yeah. that one. Indie Indie had Botox go bad. Yeah. <laughs> Indy ate too many mushrooms on this expedition. <laughs> <laughs> but that also to that the 2008 line is also when you start to see more of the uh, adult collector stuff as you said i mean hot toys made a figure sideshow did a whole line um that's when they did the one-to-one -one idol uh prop which sold out immediately and uh still a hard to find and as you were saying recently disney the disney store finally 16 years later made another one that also sold out really quickly Sells out real quick and isn't even the most screen accurate one, too. As far as proportions go, it's great. But, like, it's a little shinier than the one in the movie. And it doesn't have the eyes mm. that the one in the movie has. You, you'll go out there and you'll see. If you go on Etsy, you're, uh, you'll find some folks who are doing more screen accurate versions. But I can't complain in that this one, it looks nice. I like it. Uh, I've been waiting for uh, 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 to this day. I, I kicked myself for not getting that sideshow version when I saw it at San Diego Comic-Con sitting on shelves. They had like hundreds of them that they were just trying to get rid of. They were like 40 bucks. It always <laughs> happens. The stuff that's on clearance becomes the most expensive stuff because it's it's in less hands. Yep. So it's it's always that, that last line of a series that's not selling that you can't find like the superpower cyborg is still an expensive figure mm -hmm. and we've had many cyborgs since then so uh and then um they came out with uh the crystal skull from kingdom of the crystal mm -hmm. skull i picked that up i'm very pleased with it i have um which i know you're proud of i bought all the 12 inch figures as well and i have the uh indiana jones in a fridge that sideshow. See that one? I'm je I'm jealous of. But my thing too is like uh, I remember when all the sideshow figures were coming out. I'm going, that is another level. Like I just can't go to. I just don't. I mean, mind you, back when all that was going on, I was kind of like still married, and <laughs> I didn't so was have I. As, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have as much discretionary income. Or mm -hmm. let's just say I I don't know how I was going to explain what you you spent two hundred and fifty dollars on another doll. <laughs> Well, see, yeah, see, what I did was uh, marry somebody who didn't care what I did when I did or who I did it with. <laughs> and then when I moved, apparently hasn't noticed that I left. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so there's your plus side where I just went, oh, yeah, but look at, look at this $300 Indiana Jones statue. And, and you'd get, uh-huh, <laughs> just out of the room. But, so yeah, but, I, I got uh, those premium format statues. There was like three, four hundred dollars statues, and I just ran out of room for stuff. Yeah. Like, but at that time, I knew okay, this stuff is coming out now. In two years, there will be nothing. Yeah. So I was just like, just get everything, get everything. I had the the. I think you saw it. I think you were at my house when I got it. I had the map room environment, 
which had the entire city of Tanis. And it was in scale for a 12-inch figure because the indie came with the uh, robes and you could position them on it. It would not fit on a shelf. It was yeah. so big. And it ended up staying in the box and I sold it on eBay. Yeah. To me, it's because I look at a lot of collectors like yourself, uh, but that go go through all these elaborate um, um, efforts to display everything. So they have walls lined with with um, what is it the 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 cabinetry with the glass? Oh yeah, the windows. IKEA, yeah, the Detolf. Yes, yeah. You know what? And every time I go to an IKEA, the Detolf is always out of stock. Yeah, because you know everybody wants one. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And it doesn't matter what IKEA I've been to or when it is, because uh, I'm always like, ah, maybe I'll get one. I've never gotten one. They were there. So that, and I'm even considering doing something like that uh, for a lot of the stuff I'm getting now. Mind you, my collection is way more modest than than anyone else and uh i guess i have to be more selective because uh it, it can get it can get to be a bit much plus who, who's gonna deal with all this stuff when i finally kick it no well, what do you care you're dead <laughs> I, know, I know yeah I, I already went through your comments <laughs> Well, you get all my indie stuff. If I not if I knock off before you do, you get all of it. Yeah, I'm missing three of the original Ditko issues from the Marvel run, yeah, and uh, three of the Last Crusade comics. I have all the comics. I have all the trading cards, which I got to get a good trading card box because they're not in great shape. Uh, so weird stuff like that. And th- so now we're on the precipice of more indie stuff. Hasbro announced they are doing a live stream event this Wednesday. January 11th on YouTube and uh, usually on Instagram and uh, and directly on their site, but they w- will have their sales reps showing new product. We've seen the first wave and the most exciting thing is keeping up, keeping in touch with the times. What we really wanted in 2008, they never gave us was a six inch multi-articulated line. And in 2008, that was about 50-50. Hasbro was really pushing to get us back into three and three quarter in 2008. Uh, in fact, in 2009, they moved, they canceled Marvel Legends and moved them all to three and three quarter size. And my son has a hundred three and three quarter Marvel Universe figures that uh, go into the tub and an eye washes off. That's about all mm-hmm. they're good for. Mm-hmm. Um, Hasbro really wanted us to be in three and three quarters, so they didn't release six inch. Um, right after that, they started creating six inch for star Wars. They brought back GI Joe as six inch Marvel legends exploded to levels of popularity. It didn't have before. So this time we are getting six inch, highly articulated Indiana Jones figures from all five movies. I know I saw that uh, there's, there's already some reviews of them on YouTube. Some folks have already gotten yeah. their hands. on. I them. don't know how they are, but I don't like those people. <laughs> I'm like, something hit me. I was like, okay, well, now this is weird. There's only one female figure so far out of all the characters, which makes me go, wait, is there only one woman in the world of Indiana Jones? There's only one <laughs> in each film, yes. Yeah. It's like, you know. There's like, there's a woman per film. Per film. Uh, yeah. Crystal Skull has two because they decided to make the the villain a woman. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had room. No, they're, they're like Bond films. You get yeah. one woman. So you get Marion, 
in in uh, Raiders and Crystal Skull, you get Willie in Temple of Doom. You get uh, Elsa, uh, Elsa, Elsa the Nazi, the Irish Nazi in Last Crusade, <laughs> and Dial of Destiny. It's uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, who is playing. Yeah, he's playing more of a mentor character to her. Right. I remember uh, Michelle Saleo is a good friend of ours and has been on uh, both this and the MCU review. Got really mad when they cast Phoebe Waller Bridge. She was like, oh, yeah, see, they're going to pair an 80 year old with a 30 year old. And I was like, they're not going to make out. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, I was going to say, uh, what, what, what age difference is there between Harrison Ford and uh, Calista Lockhart? Uh, like, Calista eh, Lockhart? Eh. Lockhart? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but uh, the, still, age, the age distance between Harrison Ford and Phoebe Waller-Bridge is our lifetime. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, let's not go there. Yeah, so not, there's not a lot of women. So, uh, But, I mean, you can blame the films, but you can't blame the toy line. Also, my, female figures don't usually sell. I mean, Star Wars, there was one woman until Disney started making them. Yeah. that's No, you're right there. But like, to me, though, again, it's just... I don't know. It's lately I've just gotten. I don't know. I, I just start. Fe- it still feels weird because you always talk about you know I have my action figures. We're gonna have my figures play, and I'm like, this is all very you know. I don't know. Turns- Wait a minute. Is the Arrested Development finally sinking in? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> that took you a while. Years later. <laughs> I remember being uh, 29. And I remember very clearly I was meeting my friend Joe at the Target on Queens Boulevard because he found me the new Venom from Spider-Man Classics. I gave him the money. He gave me the figure. And I sighed just looking at it because it wasn't the best figure. It was just like an average Venom figure. I sighed and looked at him. And a bunch of his other friends were there. I said, is this it? Are we just going to keep buying the same characters over and over again for the rest of our lives? And they all went, yeah. And that was... 20 years ago. <laughs> well, that brings to mind about the um, recent article that came out. What was it? It's been up making the rounds about adults now being the largest driver of sales in the toy industry. Yes. You know, it's a, it's, was it? Oh, yes. Um, they're calling them kid adults. Kid, kid adults. adults. Yeah. Welcome to that. Because yeah. uh, I, you just got painted with it. Yeah, uh, responsible for one fourth of all toy sales, toy sales annually, around nine billion dollars worth of yeah. product. That well, is going, going back to Crystal Skull. That's a huge change because um, around uh, that time, I was at San Diego and Toy Fair, and I was talking to the reps at Kenner, and uh, when they were telling me about the Indiana Jones line, uh, I said. They uh, they said, well, this this time he goes, we're not going to make the same mistakes as the eighty two line. Uh, we've learned a lot, and I said because I didn't want this thing to disappear in six months, which it did. Mm, yeah. I said, I said, what have you learned? And they said, well, we've well we've learned there's adult collectors out there, and and he told me, and for Star Wars, in in a movie year, sales were ninety ten kids, but in a non movie year. They were 50-50 collectors and kids. And now it seems like no matter what, and certainly we're at a point now where we don't have non-movie years. You know, if we don't have a movie, we have a Disney Plus series from uh, from both Star Wars and Marvel. 
So we're never, we're never in a non-election year, basically. But now adults are 25% of the market. Yeah. And, and that's, and then that, again, why we're having these highly articulated figures where the guy on the YouTube show complains that the ball socket in the shoulder only goes so far. And I'm like, oh my goodness, is this what we've reached? Yeah. <laughs> if I was a kid, when I was a kid, if I had that kind of figure in my hands, I would have been like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And now. Well, what, what drives me crazy, because I'm so devoted to Marvel Legends, I've been collecting since the Toy Biz days. So I've been getting these figures for, for 20 years. And then I look at uh, people do the top 10 wish lists. And so, like, my wish lists are, like, really bizarre, crazy. I'm like, I want the owl. I want the spot. Because I'm so far down. We're so far down the bench as who's never been made. And uh, then I see other people's lists, and they're like, I want Spider-Man. And I'm like, dude, there were seven Spider-Mans this year. Yeah, but they're not perfect. (laughs) It's like, you're just, you're just, like, waiting and waiting. I remember, I remember clearly... I have this Nika Michael Keaton Batman and it was, it was a Toys R Us exclusive and you had to like buy the DVD of the 89 Batman to get it because uh, Nika had to work around the Mattel license and Mattel wasn't interested in doing Michael Keaton. And it was really, really hard to find. And I got it. I still have it. Mezco has been promising one for three years now, but uh, which I have on (laughs) pre-order, but I, uh, it was the first time they'd ever done this. And I remember running into somebody who's like, Oh, who was like, Oh, they should make a Michael Keaton. And then I sent him the picture and I was like, Hey, this is available. And it's at toys R us.com right now. And the response was, I want the Batman returns one. Oh, <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's an excuse to not spend money, but yeah, you, you can get so critical that, that you're not pleased by the exact thing. Like you remember, I always think about uh, people say, oh, the likeness of Harrison Ford isn't good on this one. When I was a kid, Harrison Ford was Luke, but his hair was painted brown. It was a Ken doll. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The original 12-inch Indiana Jones doll, which was my favorite toy as a kid. I play with that everywhere. First of all, he was big. He was harder to lose at the beach. <laughs> and you could take him from the desert and the beach, and then you could put him in the tree in my front yard and take him to the the forest um you could remove his jacket so you could put him in cairo but yeah he was the he was the the original kenner 12 inch line was not great they were still they were five points of articulation with clicky knees and uh their legs popped off for some reason and you're right they were ken dolls and in fact the indiana jones had han solo's feathered 70s haircut yep and they had stitched this weird sun hat <laughs> yeah, <it's> fedora. <laughs> it, it was a big floppy hat, and in my mind, that was Hot Toys quality. <laughs> I had the toy for so long that um, I made a uh, Temple of Doom custom. By the time Sideshow came out with the Temple of Doom, I, I had already made the custom, and I skipped them. And now that figures five hundred dollars. So, uh, yay me! <laughs> but my Temple of Doom indie is wearing the Kenner shirt. Cause it oh. was so old and beat up that I put it in a planter and left it out in the rain and make it dirtier. And then I cut the sleeve off. Oh. That's how long that toy lived. Yeah. It was terrible, but it, I got that for my 10th birthday oh. and there was so little of it that, you know, I treasured that thing. 
Well, you're talking about the customization and and um, and weathering of clothing items brings to mind really outside of the props for me, the other area of collecting, uh, as you know, is the outfit, the gear, the indie mm-hmm. gear, which is uh, has become a major thing in, in that area. You have several, um, I, I frequent many of the indie gear and cosplaying uh, pages, and you have folks that are opening up eBay shops, creating their own shirts, they're the pants, you, you always had Indy Magnoli. He was a, a clothier who was always making that sort of thing, but he's not the only one these days. The arguments, though, that you see on these pages over, quote, unquote, screen accuracy drives me nuts. <laughs> I, I don't need to know uh, as much as his outfit as I do from those arguments. Like, uh, up until I started reading those those message boards, I didn't realize those outfits were different from movie to movie. Exactly. Yes. The hat is different in every movie. Yeah. The yeah. jacket's different. The, mm-hmm. the shirt. I, I know in last crusade, he wore a tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. The, uh, in fact, there were things I didn't know. Like I have the West Ed jacket, which I bought in two, I bought in 2007 for mistake. I thought I was hitting the conversion of pounds to dollars when I was hitting the buy now. Oh, and I was oops. like, Oh, I guess I have this. And now it's, 16 years old it needs a new lining it's 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 us uh, it's webbing inside of it mm-hmm. but it's naturally weathered because i wore it on the streets of new york and chicago for the last decade uh and i didn't realize it had the flaps with the uh the straps and i had a, a good friend of mine at diamond toys who made the 18 inch indiana jones around crystal skull and uh he said oh yeah they got they got the straps right and i was wearing the jacket and went what straps oh well and that one there's the how many different variations on that and now the big argument that's come up on the pages is that westhead is doing a now a dial of destiny jacket Mm -hmm. and and the differences there uh oh they for an extra 20 something pounds they'll even put in the um the little bullet hole that's sewn up in the in the in the jacket that's cute yeah so I, I, that's the one thing I'm getting into, but it's really, it's like a tad frustrating that a, that there's so much gatekeeping when it comes to this sort of thing. You go on these web pages, mind you, if you talk about any of the indie, um, indie Disney stuff, you're going to get scoffed at the whole time. Uh, I bought the uh, Indiana Jones shirt. I bought the shirt because mm-hmm. it was on, they had it on sale. I thought oh, I'll give it a shot. And I was like, wow, this shirt actually looks pretty good compared to, let's say, the Indy Magnoli shirt that I also bought. Um, yeah, the, sh- the shirt, the pants, and the boots I just got like at an Old Navy to wear. I was like, oh, that's pretty much the style. Yeah. But I wasn't worried about getting those right. Right. And then um, the hat, oh, the, the hat, woof. Do not bring up the Disney hat on those sites. They, you, will be, you will be laughed off the page. I'm like, jeez, people. Although I will admit, I mean, I if you look at any of my photos, that is the that, that that's not the the Disney hat, but it's one of the I forget the name of the company that does it, the Dorfman Pacific or whatever. Yes, the wool crushable, and it looks it it keeps its shape very nicely. I like the way it looks, sits on my head fine. I'm happy with it, but I know it's not quote unquote screen accurate. Yeah, I, I have want, I have the Dorfman Pacific. I got whatever Sideshow was selling 
around Crystal Skull. So at that point, it was accurate. But to your point, is it accurate? I don't care. But there are people who care so much that it's ruined their day. Exactly. They and they, they want to ruin everybody else's day too. Yeah, I I just have a problem going out in that hat because I've been called either a cowboy or a hipster. <laughs> Uh, it does have kind of a hot cowboy look to it. That's true. Yeah, that's what I heard in a guitar center in Indiana. The Yellowstone's big now. You should just get a get one. Well, of those, Harrison uh, Ford's in that. Yeah, <laughs> the prequel series. Well, so looking at the the precipice, I am obviously I'm going to get every one of the the adventure series they're calling it. But uh, just to keep things clear, the Marvel Legends Indiana Jones, which is you know the Star Wars Black series Indiana Jones. That's I'm getting every single thing I can get my hands on because I'm assuming we got six months again, and then that window is closed. Yeah. Um, since you've been slowly building your Indiana Jones, you realizing that we're going to get everything that we're going to get within the next three months. What are you looking for? What are you looking for, and what do you think could turn your eye? Uh, the indie Temple of Doom. I know the Target exclusive where he's in the the indie adventure series where he's in the tuxedo, well, yeah. you know, the, the Sean Connery bond tuxedo, uh, of course, short round. I, I got to have a short round. I keep missing short round if somewhere. Uh, and you can't, I'm going to be honest with you. That's about it. If they come out with the temple of doom version. What about uh, Henry senior? Eh, not, wow. not as big. Now yeah. Henry, Henry senior is like my top three. Yeah, I, I mean, I, if they I, come out with a vehicle that I can put them both in a motorcycle, yeah, yeah, a uh, which would be nice. That that'd be a good fifty bucks if it was just the motorcycle with Henry Senior, and then you could put the standard Indy on it. I, I'd be there. Definitely. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they just remake everyone from the first three films that they made in three and three quarter. I would be happy with that. Um, oh, so three, th- I'm sorry, three and three quarter. Definitely. See, I, I was stuck in adventure series mode because. Well, those... that's what's new. They haven't announced three and three quarter. They've announced a retro indie, right. like a reaction type figure, which I, which I've ordered because that was my, one of my favorite toys. I'm going to leave them on the package. I've been getting the, uh, the Marvel retro three and three quarter line. And it's the only line I've ever collect that I've left in the package. They just, they make me really happy when I line up the cards and I've never been, I've never been a package collector. I've always been a loose collector, but I mean, the articulation so low. I'm like, well, you know what they're going to look like. They're not going to look better out of the package. Yeah. But the, what annoys me is that they're the same price as the adventure series. Yeah. Cause there's lower print runs. Yeah. yeah they're not well, the $3. He was at Toys R Us. Heck I would have gone for 15, maybe 20, but I mean, the, all the adventure thought, series are going for 25. 15. Yeah, they've all gone up to 20. Well, even McFarlane is going up to 25, I noticed. Uh, he was very proud of staying at 20 when everyone else went up to 25. Mm-hmm. And some are trying 27. Um, you know, McFarlane's, McFarlane's like, you know, I'm, I'm an independent businessman. I can do what I want. <laughs> and then I saw, uh, uh, God, who was it? It was somebody I actually wanted in the next set. Uh and and immediately, I think it was like, oh, it was like the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. And it was like 25 and no Build-A-Figure piece. He was charging us for Build-A-Figure pieces. Mm-hmm. He, he would make the, the Build-A-Figure figures 25 bucks and the standard figures 20. Standard figures just went up to 25. So mm-hmm. you're not going to get $20 figures anymore. 
Uh, those and those comic punch punch figures of his are like. Eesh. I that don't is- even know what he's doing with that. Like, how is that a separate line? The sculpting looks the same. Are they like less articulation? I've been getting his. Uh, I I really cracked and started getting the sixty six Adam West line. Because when he released those, he did all the ones Mattel did 10 years ago. And I was like, ah, I got all these. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, here comes a Mr. Freeze. And here comes an Egghead. And here comes a King Tut. And I'm like, oh, shit. Now I got to go back and get his Batman. I got to get his <laughs> uh, uh, Eartha Kit and Julie Newmar with or the same figure with different heads. Yeah. But they were there like. You go. There you go. Driving that $9 billion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Kiddo, I'm surprised my picture wasn't in that article. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah and anything from the new film i'm like i'll probably just get it uh i have a good feeling about the new film i think um james mangold is giving me a lot of confidence because logan is just is the the perfect x-men movie uh certainly if you don't consider deadpool to be an x-men movie then logan has no competition so i I think it's going to be a good movie, so I think I'm going to want the characters from it. I agree. I mean, I'll probably feel the same too. I mean, mind you, I, I'm not, I'm not a completist like you are when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, for me, it's always something very particular. Yeah. I mean, call me. I know it's uh, people are going to say, "Why am I so strange?" I had to have the the golden idol. Do I need an Ark of the Covenant in any scale? Not really. You know, uh, see, I have one in three and three quarter. I have one in 12 and I was, which was a mail away from Hasbro. Right. And I'm very, very excited because the, the set has a build an arc. Build an arc. And which if I, I thought, if I, I wasn't, well, I'm going to say, I saw that on that review. The guy put the arc together too. You know, it looks good. Arc. I'm like, yeah, right, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm in for, for everything. Like I, I can afford to be a completist in this line. Yeah. And that's one of the nice things. It's kind of nice to have more of a niche collection because it's like, oh, I can, I have the space and the money to get every single thing they release. Um, you know, my favorite character, my well, traditionally, my two favorite characters have been Batman and Spider-Man. There, no one on this earth has enough money or space to buy everything that Batman and Spider-Man on it. Right, right. Uh, you know, so I have to cherry pick about that. Oh, like, I really like this figure. I'm getting this. I really, I'm going to read this comic. I'm not going to read this comic. With Indiana Jones, um, it's like in Marvel, I really love the Fantastic Four. It's very easy to get everything Fantastic Four uh, until they started making real garbage like the movies. Mm. (laughs) Then it got a little harder and I stopped. But with Indiana Jones, it's like you could conceivably get everything. I mean, I had the the pint glasses. I had the shirts in 2008. That I'll do. I mean, there's again, there's going to be quite a bit of stuff out there that I will probably go – all right, I remember when I saw this the last time around and I didn't get it and I regretted it. So, you know, I, I will probably be grabbing more odd things, I guess. Yeah, you know? yeah. well, that, and that's the thing that, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not uh, crazy with my money, but this is one of those situations where it's like, if you're questioning whether or not to buy something, buy it because a year from now, it won't be around. And if you don't like it, you will make a profit selling it. Because because chances are a lot of folks didn't get it. And yeah. Like, I wish I had. Yeah. And again, it's not coming around again. Like if I missed, if I missed the next Marvel Legends Spider-Man, there's another one coming. 
Yeah. You know, and and that's not saying that I I don't have 20 of them already from the ones they've already made, but indie, you know, as uh God, I, I wouldn't be I'd I'd be happy if Hot Toys got back into it. If Hot Toys made a dial of destiny indie, I'd be very happy because I have one from each movie. See that I could do. I mean, I, I will I will more than like if they if they do an indie from each film, I'm definitely gonna be hitting every indie so I could yeah, line them all up. You know, yes, because that's that's either been a point of bonding or a point of division in our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that I have a 12 inch indie from each movie. Yeah, because uh, every time you come into my house, you just get real quiet for a minute. When you look at them, you just get look at all those figures. You're like you're like a man at a strip club when you. (laughs) (laughs) it's like, oh, you can't touch. Don't touch. Can't touch, or somebody will throw you out. Or someone will throw you out. <laughs> oh, so so uh, at, at, if nothing else in 2023, we've got an indie year, and the, probably the last. No, that, well, until the 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 other stuff is developed, um, you know, there there's talk about the indie television series for Disney Plus. Yeah, uh, I, I've always been on board for an animated series. Yeah, an animated I, series would make perfect. You've said it yourself. You, the, the the way you've you've pitched it would work perfectly. Yeah, it doesn't even have, need to have much plot. It could be like Samurai Jack. Yeah, where it's just like set piece, set piece, set piece, set piece. Twenty minutes, the show is over. Yeah, you know. But um, I'm one of those people. I I agree with Harrison Ford when he's gone. When he's gone, he's gone. Uh, so I don't want to see him recast. I don't want to see them try again because it's just going to become Uncharted or Tomb Raider. It's going to try too hard to be something modern and it's going to lose what it had. But if you animate it, it's not recasting. Yeah. And then, oh, and as, as in a, a, speaking of it being an indie year, the uh, Indiana Jones Temple of the Forbidden Eye attraction at uh, Disneyland is finally getting a long overdue refurbishment. I've never been there because I've only been to Orlando. Orlando has the stunt show spectacular. Yeah. They do not have the ride. No, they do not. They need to open that elsewhere because the only two. Well, if they're refurbishing the, the California, they probably should build it in Orlando. Yeah. Because they, the only other one is in Tokyo. Um, mm. And that, that, and that one is called uh, uh, temple of the crystal skull. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was before uh, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, really? Yeah. So when they, when they announced it was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, I'm like, what? It's going to be based on the ride? What? So. Well, and the thing about Disneyland, um, and Universal for that matter, when they change rides, you know, you, they have to be attractions. There's people like, oh, they, this thing isn't there when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, when you were a kid, it was a movie tie-in for a movie that was current. Now it's a, 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 Now it's a nostalgia piece. When I went to Universal, they had changed the Back to the Future ride to the Simpsons ride. And I was really happy about it. I thought it was a good upgrade. The one thing I hope they never change is Muppet Vision 3D. Because it is the last, I believe it is the last appearance of Jim Henson as Kermit the Frog. Oh. You have to fly to Florida, Orlando. Um, had, did you ever go to Muppet Vision 3D? Yes, yes. I loved it. I sat through it multiple times with my children. Because it's a huge theater and the Muppets... You know, the Muppets are a lot like Indiana Jones. They are near and dear to the hearts of Gen X and everybody else kind of goes, oh, yeah, I know that. No, it's like if, if for those who haven't done it, it's like being in a, an episode of The Muppet Show because it's 
it's as if the Muppets are putting on a show. Sadler and Waldorf are up in the balcony behind you. Yeah, you there's know, animatronic Muppets. There's yeah. 3D movies going on. The 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 orchestra comes up from out of the pit in front of you. You know, the little Muppet orchestra. There's a guy dressed up as Sweetums that just has to run across the stage yeah. every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I remember. Yeah, it's great. I hope they never ever get rid of that. Disney. I mean, you know, there's it could be a whole whole podcast. I feel like Disney honestly tries to bring the Muppets back. Um we, and it's a very, it's always a varying degree of success. It's the same thing Warner Brothers does with Looney Tunes. It's like everybody loves the originals. They're going to keep making new ones. Every now and then a new one's going to be pretty good. Yeah. But don't bring back the ones of bugs and drag. Because then that's, that, that's, that, that means that they're trying to turn your kids gay. <sighs> so you know what lgbtq community should just embrace and put those into the public domain do it do it because yeah. yes i will i will admit bugs bunny and drag confused us all <laughs> not as much as elmer but there was one where he was wearing a very tight sweater yeah what? And, and daffy duck was a dog <laughs> it got really 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 weird elmer fudd had no idea where he was anymore it didn't. It, it always confounded me. He goes, why is it that Elmer is attracted to bugs when he dresses as a woman, and yet when he's just a rabbit, Elmer wants to kill him? Is is Elmer struggling with something right now? Maybe, <laughs> although I will say, I think we've all had that friend who has a sister that looks like them, but is very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a Seinfeld? <laughs> there, there was, yeah, there was. It was, uh, it was a Tracy... Tracy, uh, Tracy Nelson from Square Looked like Head. Jerry. Looked yeah. like Jerry, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's very disconcerting. So, anyway, so, I, uh, I would just say, you know, uh, uh, looking forward, uh, let's, uh, let's just embrace everything and be grateful that you're not going to have Indian drag, I guess. We don't know. We haven't seen the movie. Haven't seen that yet. That's true. Maybe he and Phoebe Waller-Bridge switch places. <laughs> They'll do a bit where they have to sneak in somewhere and they do a birdcage bit. <laughs> <laughs> and Nathan Lane is in it. Yep. Now that would be perfect. With Nathan Lane and Hank Azaria. <laughs> of all the actors that could fit in an Indiana Jones movie, I think Nathan Lane and Hank Azaria, boom. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you can have Dan Aykroyd, Yes, Nathan Lane, Hank Azaria. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd doing a John Cleese. A John Cleese, yes. It's weird that like, and and no, no close up. It's so odd. He's like way, way, like way in the background. It's one of those like, oh yeah, moments. It's like I rewatched the first Knives Out after watching Glass Onion, which we haven't talked about on the podcast yet. We should. And like when Frank Oz shows up with this as the lawyer, he's great in it. I'm, and but the whole time I'm like, Frank Oz is in this movie. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, Frank Oz, the same guy who directed, who tried to direct Robert De Niro and uh, and uh, um, Marlon Brando. Remember oh, and Ed the, Norton. And Ed Norton. And Marlon Brando refused to take direction from Frank Oz, so uh, De Niro had to do all the directing on uh, on his scenes. Um, that's when he stopped directing. De Niro? No, Frank Oz. No, he did. That was like one of his last films yeah yeah but, yeah. He, but uh, uh, uh apparently brando kept saying you can't direct me piggy man 
you piggy guy because he kept re referencing uh, that he yeah. was uh, Miss Marlon piggy. Brando was a peach. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. <laughs> the last thing Frank Oz did was a British film, um, Death at a Funeral, with Alan Tudyk is in it, and it's Ooh. brilliant. And then Chris Rock remade it as a very mediocre movie two years later, and now nobody remembers either one of them. Nah. But uh, if you can find the British Death at a Funeral, uh, it's great. That's Frank Oz. All right. Now, so uh, we, yeah, this has been the most Gen X podcast I think we've ever done <laughs> because we set out to talk about Indiana Jones. We talked about Star Wars for 20 minutes and we ended talking about the Muppets. <laughs> All I need now is Weird Al Yankovic to show up. <laughs> I have not seen that movie either. It's great. Yeah. It's so goddamn great. You can get Roku for free. Yes. You just have to watch commercials. It's genius. It's, it's like, an even better version of Walk Hard. I, I have not seen Walk Hard either. Walk Hard's really funny. Walk Hard's no. a big bag of jokes. If you had to see either one of them, see Weird. It's everything about it is just um. I can't even point anything out. The but they did everything right because uh, it's you know it started as a funnier die sketch, and um, Aaron Paul played Weird Al in it. Mm -hmm. Aaron Paul, I think he was doing Westworld. He couldn't do it. And then Patton Oswalt plays Dr. Demento in it. And Patton Oswalt broke his foot. And he talked about, uh, he talked about it on his last special. He broke his foot stepping off a curb because he's over 50. So get ready for that. And uh, so he couldn't do it. So he took the role of like a guy in the audience just going, hey, weird Al! You know, Patton Oswalt voice. So they recast Dr. Demento as Rain Wilson. Oh, geez. Okay. And it's like, man, you didn't take a step down anytime you had yeah. to make another move. And my God, Evan Rachel Wood is Madonna. No, that I saw. I, and yeah. she did, I think she was on Fallon and sang Material Girl as um as a as a Madonna. That was pretty good. Yeah, Evan Rachel Wood is in my very small category of perfect women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I have not seen Walk Hard because John C. Riley to me is just not funny without Will Ferrell. He's funny in this. Um, there's a he's really funny next to Tim Meadows. There's a lot of Tim Meadows. And a lot of Jenna Fisher. Jenna Fisher's really funny in it. Okay. Well, Jenna Fisher's funny. Yeah, I remember yeah. her in um, Blades of Glory. Yeah, Jenna Fisher plays the uh, June Carter in it. So okay. she's got a big, big part. And uh, it's funny with the form. Uh, the last I checked, it wasn't streaming on anything. I ended up buying it. But Weird is free. I, I would see Weird before I saw Walker. All right. But if you want to tell us what you're watching, what you're listening to, how much Indiana Jones money you're going to spend, <laughs> fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and <laughs> I give glory. you my fortune, you give me some glory. There are ways to get in touch with us. As we've already mentioned before, the Facebook page is the best place, facebook.com slash comics. That's where we post everything. If you're not already subscribed to this podcast, you can get it anywhere you get podcasts. You know how to get a podcast. It's 2022. Podcasters see <laughs> now you have no excuse. The uh, yeah, podcasts. I forget who said this. I think Dana Gould said this, but podcasts are so old that the technology it was named after no longer exists. This is true. This it was, is true. it was, it was originally a broadcast for the iPod. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called a podcast there. Uh, there, and you can find me at not on my book on uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, Twitter, not really. I'm, I'm mostly liking other people's, but, uh, I got into, uh, I commented on Mitch Garads and he, uh, said hundred percent and liked it. So there's still some kindness to be squeezed out of Twitter. Uh, very he, little, very, yeah, 
he was saying the, the opening of mash was the most boring sound as a kid. And I said, the site of the hill and the little house in the prairie was the most, was the most boring site. And he was wow. like, yeah, hundred percent. Wow. Came for mash and took down the little house. Oh, come on. You knew when you were a kid, that meant like WKRP in Cincinnati was over. <laughs> that, that, that was sad. Yeah, I loved it. WKRP in Cincinnati had a more badass closing theme than an opening theme. And it would get you all psyched up when the show was over. Yeah, you'd be like, wow, why? Da, da, this oh, rocking. Did that. And it's like yeah. nonsense. Like, oh, did that, da, 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 da. <laughs> and there was always like rerunning footage of like Howard Hessman just going crazy. And I'm like, I want to be you, Howard Hessman. Yep. I, still, I would still be Howard Hessman. That, that's going to be okay. There, there you go. There's your name. For our our um, our, uh, our our radio, radio show. show, it's going to be Doctor Fever and the Geek. Oh, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Elliot Serrano and the Howard Hessman. That <laughs> <laughs> small part in Spinal Tap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Billy Jack. If you look real hard. <laughs> oh, but Elliot, how do we follow you? Of course, you can find me on all social medias at with by my name at Elliot Serrano, two L's, two T's, and two R's. But also uh, make sure you check out the MCU Review Facebook page, as well as uh, the Twitch and YouTube. Did I say Facebook? YouTube pages where uh, John, I, and several other guests and co-hosts discuss the MCU movies in order of release, uh, starting. Uh, well, after this uh, podcast airs, yeah, we're going to The same have- day this airs, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, Monday, January 9th, uh, tonight we will be covering Infinity War. Infinity War. With, and- with Stephen Brown, who will always be a part of this podcast. Exactly. One form or another. He's he's now the Obi-Wan Kenobi of this podcast. Just every now and then he will appear and be like, ah, everybody sucks. Everyone's still. <laughs> and then he just fades away. <laughs> and then next week, the following week, will be the premiere of Top Men and Indiana Jones podcast. The live stream will be premiering then uh, to be followed shortly by the audio version, which you will hear, yes, as part of the Caffeinated Comics podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And obviously the first episode of Top Men will be Raiders of Lost Ark, which is the p- most perfect movie ever made. So you'll definitely want to hear this episode from the first one. All right. And either way, we will talk to you next week.